Mate, you are back. Did you miss me? Yeah, where have you been? Stop lying. I was at a uh, a, a diaper party. What is it? it you oh. just like eat and it drink wasn't as for much myself. until you poo yourself. What is uh, that? <laughs> pretty close. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Just it fun? Uh, it's uh, a it baby was a, shower it was a blast. for dudes. Right? Yeah, yeah. But it was like in the room right next door to the baby shower, so yeah. it was kind of weird and. It was, people yeah, it was, buy diapers. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I never had one of those. I, I didn't. I didn't even know it was a thing until like three years ago. I had no idea what to buy. I have absolutely, absolutely no <laughs> idea. But there's, there's different diapers brands. and beer. There's there's all kinds of difference. Different there's ages. A, and there's a party for everything now. You know like, what? There's key, a, sorry, go ahead, Ron. Well, I mean, like you know, you've got the diaper party. You've got the baby shower, and I got the reveal party. Yeah, there is a lot. That's too. How much. many? What, what, how many more parties do we need? I feel like one of the keys with the diaper parties is not, to not get like newborn diapers because. Like everybody's gonna get you those, right? Like buy a little bit further on, so they have a little bit of a stock there. That's not bad. I think that's probably. But do you a good go idea. with like the expensive brand and like really show that you love them, or like the cheaper Whatever brand works. is kind of the same quality? I would say so. if you go Pampers or Huggies, you can't go wrong, or like a like Target brand, you'd be okay. Okay, you'd be okay. fine. You're good to go. You're yeah, good we're to good. Go. Th- we're good. Then. Anyways, I'm glad that. Uh, you went to your diaper party, and it went well. Thanks. All right, what are we fighting over today? We've got a pair of tickets to see Alice Cooper and Hailstorm at Hollywood Casino Amphitheater on July 25th with special guest Motionless in White. You can get your lawn or reserved tickets for just $19 for the rest of the week of sales. For more information and to get your tickets, go to 101ESPN.com. All right, let's bring in our fighter. Meet who's our fighter. We've got Gerald with us today. Gerald, what's going on? Not much. How are you guys? Oh, we are doing well. We're having a little bit of fun here. Are you ready to take on Randy? Uh, no, but I'm going to give him my best. <laughs> I appreciate <laughs> the honesty. And look, you, you, Gerald, you got multiple choice. You got a sporting chance here. All right. Uh, I'll give him my best. Shot. And also, uh-huh. Gerald, there's no penalty for losing. Like right. nothing. <laughs> sure. You're not going to get fired or anything like yeah. that. Yeah, I mean, you're going to have a little bit I don't of. Know. I hope not. Shot we know. Pride. Well, there might be a little bit of ridicule if people are listening that you know. But Gerald, don't worry did you about tell that. anybody that you're doing this? 100% going to be ridicule. I awesome. guarantee you. Who'd you tell you're doing this fight? Everyone I know. Oh. <laughs> I hope, oh, I hope it goes go well wrong. for you, Gerald. You're going to be just fine. Here we go. Question number one on this date in 2004. Mike Danton pleaded guilty in a murder-for-hire plot. Who did he attempt to have killed? Was he trying to whack his wife, his agent, or his teammate? Uh, I'm going to say his teammate. Can I tell you, I completely forgot about this. It's one of the best I, stories. I, I, worst stories. Best uh, worst stories ever. Yeah. It's a dateline for sure. Yeah. Question number two, the Blues signed Carter Hutton in 2016. Carter was just on with us a little bit ago. Which team did he spend three seasons with before signing with the Blues as a free agent? Was it Nashville, Philly, or Buffalo? I'm going to say Buffalo. Question number three, Gerald. On this date in 1941, Joe DiMaggio recorded a hit in his 56th consecutive game in the modern era, the next closest to that streak is 44 games. Who accomplished that? Was it Jimmy Rollins, Pete Rose, or Paul Molitor? Uh, Pete Rose. And question number four, who was the last World Series MVP for the Pirates? Was it Roberto Clemente, Dave Parker, or Willie Stargell? We'll go with Clemente. All right, let's bring in Randy. Gerald, how are we feeling? 
I have no idea, guys. <laughs> All right. Look, that's uh, that's part of it. Now, who are you most nervous about ridiculing you if, in fact, this doesn't go well? I I told my wife I was playing, so I'm sure I get a phone call right after this. Oh, good. Mm. Well, hopefully it's a congratulatory phone call. Like that would <laughs> that'd be really nice. She'd be super proud of you. I uh, bet. Hey, Randy, say hi to Gerald. Hey, Gerald, how are you today? I'm doing good, Randy. How are you? I'm doing great. Thanks for listening. Thanks for playing. We appreciate it. Yep. Ra- Randy, Gerald's trying to not disappoint his wife. Okay. Yeah, so. I've I tried that a lot. I yeah. think it's going to hey. go great. He doesn't mm. want to make it twice today, you know what I mean? Mm. Huh? Whoa. <laughs> what? Yeah. <laughs> what? I don't know. Too far. Randy, you ready for this? I'm and, ready, sir. And maybe too soon. <laughs> <laughs> what? Grow up. Can we, can we please go on with the fight? Question number one, Randy. <laughs> yes, sir. Uh, let's change the subject. Something a little brighter here. I'm sorry. <laughs> on this date in 2004, Mike Danton pleaded guilty in a murder-for-hire plot. Who mm. did he attempt to have whacked off? <laughs> oh, yeah, I'm the child. <laughs> That's what uh, they say. Yeah, have you never seen a mob movie? What do you want me to do, whack a guy, they off a guy? They don't say, yes, it's one or the other. It's not both. I think it's both if you really don't like them. David David Frost. Who was? His agent. Question number two. The Blues signed Carter Hutton in 2016. Yes, they did. What team did he spend three seasons with before coming over here? Nichefield, Predators. Question number three, Randy. On this date in 1941, Joe DiMaggio recorded a hit in his 56th consecutive game. Wow. In the modern era, the next closest to that streak is 44. Who has it? Had it. Pete Rose, 1978. And question number four, Randy. Who was the last World Series MVP for the Pirates? He shouldn't have been, but he was. Pops, Stargell. We Against got the Orioles, 79. Winner. Gerald, he got you, but it was a close one. Randy, you got all four. Uh, Gerald, you got one. Uh, it is his agent. It was his agent that Mike Danton was trying to kill. Uh, it was Nashville. Carter Hutton spent three seasons in Nashville b- before signing with the Blues as a free agent. Pete Rose in 1978. He had a hit streak uh, of the, uh, well, the closest hit streak to uh, Joe DiMaggio. It was 44 games. And it is, in fact, Willie Stargell, who is the last Pirate to win a World Series MVP. Gerald, thanks for playing, man. Try again. Yeah, that's one more than I got the first time through, so I'm getting better, guys. <laughs> all right, good. All right, Gerald. Thank you. Uh, we're 4-12, all for your time check. Go ahead, Brunch. We're, uh, we're just looking for improvement. That's yeah, it. a little bit. That's all I can do. Yeah. Your time check brought to you by Clarkson Jewelers, an officially licensed Rolex jeweler. One thing about Rose, and I don't think... Maybe ESPN would do it, but probably MLB Network. Once that streak got to about 40 and we only had the regular channels, we had at that time ABC, NBC, CBS, all the all of his games, all the Reds games were shown on national TV. And then BT, he got mad at Gene Garber for walking him when he had a 44-game hitting streak. Not He didn't throw him enough strikes. Sorry about it. That's the way it goes. That's how it? baseball go. Uh, another way baseball goes is sometimes you get hurt. Happens. Matt Carpenter to the IL with a foot contusion. Rookie infielder Edmundo Sosa has been recalled from Memphis as Carpenter, who injured his foot during the seventh inning of last night's game when he fouled off a pitch, heads to the IL for the second time this year. Saw Sosa last year in just three games. It was a quick cup of coffee for him. Not surprising that Matt Carpenter ends up on the IL. I mean, the 
he hits himself all the time, never leaves the game, usually walks it off. He, he's good to go. I mean, worse for the wear, but good to go. This time he had to exit. Not surprised here, and hopefully for him it, it's uh, time to relax, get that thing healthy, and get back soon. I hope that uh, Edmundo isn't just so-so. <sighs> Randy. So-so. Oh, Randy. So-so. So-so. Good one. Are you uh, surprised at all that it was in a Rosarena? Yes. Just due to the fact that you have Munoz and you have Tommy Edmond? Yeah, bring him up and let him lead off. Yeah, I am yeah, too. I, am. I was a little bit surprised. And, and maybe, who knows, maybe that'll be a move soon. Coming up next in the fast lane, when you get the chance to play in the bigs, you have to rise to the occasion. Tyler O'Neill seems to be starting to do that. That's next on 101 ESPN. It's every day, bro. It's every day, bro. You even lift, bro? Hey. Bro, bro Neil. I gotta tell you, I, I didn't even know there were bros in Canada. Oh, you, oh, you betcha. I there. thought there were zero of them up north. Yep, you heard from Danny Mack on FS Midwest. You heard from uh, the Cardinal skipper Mike Schilt. By the way, not that Bro Neil is an alien, but if you do a Google image search, <laughs> you, you can find aliens. And w- I think we're 100 percent here. We all believe in aliens, yes, right? Yes, 100. Yeah. We want to know if you do. We want to use uh, the mic drop feature to find out if you believe in aliens. And what do you think they'll do to our world? And who do you think might be one? There might be somebody here who's there an alien. There might be, but probably not Bro Neil. We had somebody suggest uh, we play Dead, Alive, or Alien. Oh, that's I a think fun, that could get interesting. Game. That could get really fun. Why yeah. is it that we always believe uh, also that aliens are just far superior to us as far as knowledge goes? Well, if they what can, if they're what if they're just what if they're stupid? You can't be stupid and get here from wherever you, they're coming potentially from. Potentially, they could. Like maybe like that's just their base technology is like they've got like travel figured out, but everything else. Now that's just possible. They'll take them on in the four o'clock fight. Yeah, bring I, it I on. Interfered. Bring it on. Yeah. Do you think? That- so you think they would not know uh, our sports? I'm, I'm I'm just saying that I'm right there with them. Why are they always little green guys too? I don't. The, uh, you know what? That's they another interesting gray. thing about the Google search. You've got gray, green, black, uh, xenomorph, whatever that is. What? So yeah, there's a lot of different colors and uh, types of aliens, and we want to hear from you. Mic drop feature. Do you believe in aliens, and uh, where do you think they might be? Bro Neal last night with two home runs in his last eight games as a starter. Tyler O'Neill, 387 average, three homers, nine RBIs, six extra base hits, and an OPS of 1.198. Pretty impressive, eh? Yeah. Dang. Yes, and it's been at a time where the Cardinals have needed it a ton. They lost their biggest offensive piece in Marcelo Zuna. He was leading you in home runs, he was leading you in RBIs, and you needed somebody to be able to fill in and step up. And certainly you still look at the usual suspects. You look at Goldschmidt. You look at a hopeful resurgence for Paul DeYoung before going on the IL today. You looked at it from Matt Carpenter. You needed those guys. But just a straight-up swap. You have a ton of potential in Tyler O'Neill. And when they made the swap, when they made the trade, Marco Gonzalez for O'Neill, they knew the upside that was there. But you also know when you have a player like that, He's got to be able to get reps to find out exactly what he is. A young hitter cannot thrive just getting ABs, you know, once a week. It's tough to do. It's tough to get that uh, at-bat late in the game off of a reliever. So if you're able to get him some starts in a row, you can really see what he can do. 
Well, you're seeing a lot of the boom right now from Tyler O'Neill. He's driven in nine in his last three games, six for his last 12, and provided a spark when the Cardinals needed him the most. And we're also in this situation where, independent of O'Neill, the Cardinals just need production. And while they're not really telling him, hey, man, you have to produce for us, and if you don't, our season's going to be in trouble, um, they still kind of need him to produce, or they might be in a little bit, as long as he's here. He has to give them something, and I don't think he should feel the pressure of that, and I don't believe he does, though I don't know him personally. Um, But the situation the Cardinals are in with the injuries they've had, with the lack of performance from other guys in the lineup who are expected to do a whole lot more than they are doing, that's just the reality of the situation. They kind of need something out of Tyler O'Neill while he's here. And I don't know how you guys feel about this. I I have to accept Tyler O'Neill for what he is. This year he struck out 46 times in 142 at-bats in the minors and 34 times in 78 at-bats at the major league level. He's going to strike out, and I just have to come to grips with that. I have to live with that. That he, Number one, that's what baseball is, not to that extent right now, but he is what he is. And I hope he gets better in terms of commanding the strike zone and not striking out as much, but you can't count on it. No, but he is going to have to, just like anything else, when you have a little success, the league gets the entire book on you, and then he gets nothing but sliders down the way until he stops swinging at him. He was fortunate enough to, to get some fastballs here recently, stuff up in the zone, and it doesn't take much for him. He's so strong, it doesn't take much to get it out of the ballpark. You don't even have to hit the, the freaking sweet spot. I mean, he's, he's getting stuff, just gets in the air, and it's out of here. So he does have to, to c- continue to develop a, as a hitter, put a little bit more solid contact out there. But right now he's been great. Another thing that he needs to do is he needs to get better as a fielder. So he's quick for his his frame, but he's not super steady out in the outfield. You see him when he's running a lot, the head's bouncing. He doesn't look like he gets great beats on the ball. It's another thing he's going to have to focus on big time, and that, that takes work. That's being there early all the time, and he is. All those guys are. But he's going to have to keep focusing on that. Yes, he does. And, and the other thing is going back to the offense and the striking out, four and a, 41.5% of the time, he is striking mm-hmm. out while only walking just under 5%. That's not a good ratio. And while I would prefer he make a lot of contact, I can live with it in the moment, and I think the Cardinals can live with it for now as long as he is producing otherwise. And his OPS is about 840, which is good. It's a little bit over 840 actually right now. That's good. As long as he's doing that, the strikeouts Mm -hmm. don't matter. The problem with the strikeouts is if he continues at that rate, the likelihood is that production is going to come down because the peripherals are sort of suggesting it. So he does need to make better contact, and I know he's done it better at the minor league level, but he's going to have to find a way to do it up here. And ultimately, you are going to get into a position where you're going to have a runner in scoring position in a tie game or a one-run game, runner at third with less than two out, runner at second with less than two out, where if you get your bat on the ball, you can help your team significantly. And that's where a strikeout does matter, where you need to be able to manufacture a run at some point. So as you're just painting that picture right there, I'm picturing multiple at-bats where we've seen Harrison Bader up just like Mm -hmm. that, and he strikes out, doesn't put anything on it. One that definitely comes to mind when Sergio Romo throws three sliders not even close to the strike zone. He swings at all three. Good morning, good afternoon, good night. 
you have to be aware. Right. You have to be able to recognize, but you also have to be able to get reps. And reps at the big league level are different than reps at AAA because guys can exploit weaknesses way better than guys at AAA can. These are, these are the best of the best that you're facing. So what do you do? How do you make the adjustment? How do you shorten up with two strikes? How do you fi- just figure out a way to put the ball in play? With Tyler O'Neill? we hope that it's not long for Marcel Ozuna, but if he's doing what he's doing and Marcel comes back, guess what? you got to find a spot for him. Dude's that's playing. Yeah, and, and that's that's why that what you're talking about, that strikeout percentage really matters because pitchers are good. And, and at the major league level, they're going to find a way to, to to really figure him out. And they have video. They, they're they're yes. going to know how other people are getting him out, too. Yeah, so he's he's going to have to tighten some things up there. But in the meantime, hey, they're getting production hey, out of take him. Take the home it, runs. It, take it for now, yes. Next up in the fast lane with the trade deadline approaching, what kind of players will the Cardinals be? Scott Miller of Bleacher Report and Turner Sports joins us to discuss that next on 101 ESPN. Great to have you with us in the fast lane on 101 ESPN with Cardinal World Series champion Brad Thompson and Chris Ranji. I'm Randy Carricker. Let's head now to the Brown and Crouppen Celebrity Line. And Scott Miller of Bleacher Report and Turner joins us. And, of course, Scott also was the co-author of the book along with Bob Tewksbury, 90% Mental. Scott, thanks so much for taking some time with us today. How you doing? Hey, guys, real good. Nice to be with you in St. Louis. Scott, first of all, how how is the book doing? I, I read it. I thought it was fantastic. Are, are sales great? Is everything how you want it? I appreciate you saying that, first off. Thank you. Um, yeah, it seems to be doing well. I don't know. You know, they don't give you daily updates on sales. Uh, I do know uh, more than numbers. I do know two things. One, uh, it was going to come out in paper book. I'm sorry, in paperback a year after the release date, which would have been this spring, but they pushed the paperback back one more year uh, because the hardcovers were selling enough that they wanted to let it ride for another year, so we were happy about that. The paperback will be next year. And the second thing that was kind of cool was um, this spring, they uh, our publisher uh, reached a deal. They licensed it to a Japanese publisher as well, so it will be translated and sold in Japan sometime Great. soon. So we're happy about that. So in the process of writing the book, what did you find to be the most interesting thing about Tewksbury? Um, You know, I knew him a little bit, which is how we got together. I covered him in uh, his last two years of his career were in Minnesota. And in in, at the time, I was covering the Twins uh, for a newspaper in Minnesota. So I knew... I knew I liked him. I, you know, smart guy, dry sense of humor. Uh, you know, anybody that can laugh a little bit is okay in my book. <laughs> and but over the years, I liked him enough that over the years we had kind of kept in touch. And you know, people have asked me as a writer, like, "Hey, you're going to write a book? You're going to write a book?" And I, my answer was always, "Eventually, I, 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 I'd like to, maybe one of these days." But I never felt like I had the time. But the other thing. I didn't want to write a book just, like, for ego gratification, you know. If I was going to put that much effort into a book, it was going to have to be a subject I was interested in or something that really appealed to me. And this whole mental skills uh, aspect, because, as you know, I mean, as we all know, I think more than any other sport, baseball is such a mental game, and it's the, the adding – 
the mental game, the psychology of it all, that's a pretty rich field to me, and it's pretty interesting uh, because you can see when you're around clubhouses every day how much has to go into it. Scott Miller of Bleacher Report with us. By the way, the name of the book again is 90% Mental. And Scott, here we are just a couple of weeks away from the one and only trading deadline for the 2019 season. And it seems like this year, because of all the teams, at least in the National League, that are involved in the playoff race, it seems like it's more of a seller's market than it's been in recent years. Do you agree with that? It does. I I, I do think that. And I think that's why... When the rule was changed to eliminate the August fine, early on, a lot of people in the industry felt like, you know, what that's going to do is that's going to kickstart the July trade deadline real early. You know, clubs are going to know that, uh, hey, we've got to get our work done by July 31st because we, we can't, even the mid-level guys who usually could sail through waivers and get traded in August, that can't happen this year, so everybody's going to have to start trading early. Well, here we are. We finally had a couple trades over the winter, or I mean over the weekend. Um, you know, Andrew Kashner going to Boston, Oakland picking up Homer Bailey. Um, but really, all those predictions about it's going to start early, we haven't seen that much. And I think that, I say all this to answer your question, Yes, I think if it was a buyer's market, then, uh, you know, we would have seen more action by now. But I think it's a seller's market, so the prices are still high. So right now we, we keep looking at this, and certainly the next couple of weeks will help kind of shape exactly what the Cardinals are going to do at the deadline. But as you look at the Cardinals right now, where they sit, what do you think the Cardinals are? I mean, are, are they a team that you think will acquire more talent? Do you think they'll stand pat? It's hard to believe that they would sell off a, a ton. But what do you think about the Cardinals right now? I think the way, I, to me, the question is, will they make a big strike or will it be a smaller a smaller trade or two or three? I would lean toward that because it doesn't seem like like the inventory is out there. I know there are a few pitchers with some relatively big names, you know, Madison Bumgarner, of course, but, you know, clubs are leery of overpaying for him because he's the guy that's a clear rental. Um, You know, he's a free agent this winter, so basically whatever you trade for him is going to be for three months. Now, Marcus Stroman, I don't know that the Mets will trade Noah Syndergaard, but then, you know, position players, if you're looking to pick up bats, um, you know, not a lot of real sexy names. You know, Detroit's Nicholas Castellanos, uh, you know, probably the biggest. Um, but as far as the Cardinals, I think, you know, they're only a couple games out. I know, as Mike Schilt laid out right before the trade deadline, uh, you know, they've played better since the start of June, but they still can't get on that winning streak, you know, where they – that, that run where you win 10 out of 12 or 12 out of 14, the run that ironically, because nobody expected it, the San Francisco Giants are on right now. Um, so from that perspective, the, the, you know, they clearly need to add to the team, but also the division is so bunched up that there's opportunity, man. There's big opportunity there for if you can add the right piece and or get on that roll. 
And Scott, it's not just the division. It's also the wild card race. You've got, uh, let's yep, see, yep. one, two, three, four, five, six. You've got seven teams, and they're all uh, within four and a half games of each other. If you want to include the Giants, then you're, you're talking about five games. And that is a, that's a lot yeah. of teams all bunched up there, which means you've got a lot of clubs there that also are going to be looking at things before the trade deadline. So when you take into account the Rockies, Diamondbacks, Brewers, Phils, the Nationals, the Cardinals, all of those teams, how do you think the trade deadline will, will end up happening or what will occur before it because you've got so many of these teams that are, that are within striking distance? Right, and, and and that could cause a whole bunch of paralysis and logjam inactivity. Or some of these teams, I think, you know, this and this is the job of the baseball ops people and the general manager. You've got to look in the mirror, and you've got to be honest in your self-appraisal. And I, I honestly do think with the Cardinals pitching, they got Goldschmidt last winter. If I'm looking at the, you know, keep waiting forever for Matt Carpenter to get, un, you know, get out of this, whatever he's been in lately. Um, but, you know, they've got what Cardinals moves last year and some of the pieces they have. I think, you know, uh, you look in the mirror and do the self-appraisal. I honestly do think the Cardinals are a team that should say, yeah, we've got a shot both wild card and division. We need to go for it. Now, some of these other teams, like you mentioned, Arizona, Colorado, you know, Arizona, I think they look in the mirror. I know there are only a few out in the wild card, but I honestly think they're going to be sellers or they should be sellers just because the way they're built, the way they're constructed, uh, they need to retool some things. Uh, they started that last winter by trading Goldschmidt, letting A.J. Pollock walk, Um so you look at the Diamondbacks. So in other words, I guess this is kind of a long-winded of saying you need to separate the, the contenders and the pretenders. And I do think that this bunched-up wild-card race is stocked with a pretty good percentage of pretenders who I do think will end up selling. Scott, is anybody going to beat the Dodgers anyway? <laughs> well, that's the other thing. You know, I mean, I you look at especially the clubs in the National League West, and going back to what I just said about Arizona. I mean, if you're Arizona, Colorado, San Francisco, even as hot as they've been, um, I'll leave San Diego out of it because they've already been rebuilding. They've got some good young talent. They're still trying to put some things together. But, I mean, if you're Arizona, Colorado, and San Francisco, you know, yeah, the wild card's there. But I think within your own division, you also have to look at – okay, who's in first place, and, and what's the gap? And I think you have to look at, at it, like, in short term, not just this year, but, like, next year and the year after. And if I'm any, you know, Arizona or Colorado, you look, and it's like, man, you're 15 games behind the Dodgers. The Dodgers have won seven divisions, or they six in a row. It's going to be seven. There's such a wide gap between them that, if you're, you know, why if you're Arizona, try to scramble for the wild card because a, you're going to get smoked by the Dodgers this year. B, you got a lot of work to do to close that gap. You know, one or two moves here at the trade deadline ain't going to do much good for you, big picture, over the next couple of years.
Scott, you wrote a great piece yesterday uh, at Bleacher Report about the electronic strike zone. We know that the Atlantic League has been doing it. There keeps uh, apparently more and more traction about this being a, a thing everywhere. Are we going to see it? Is it going to happen in Major League Baseball, in your opinion? You know, I think the way baseball's gone with replay and the way technology's gone and the way they've gone with StatCast and all this exit velo stuff and the way StatCast measures everything, I'm leaning toward, yeah, I think it's going to be a thing here. I'm not saying next year or the year after, but, you know, they're testing it, as you mentioned, in the Atlantic League this year. Uh, By the way, that was supposed to start in April in the Atlantic League. But it took them about half the summer to get everything calibrated just so. The, you know, the, the Wi-Fi, the lasers that, that, that you know, shoot out and measure whether a, ball's a, a, a pitcher or a pitch is a ball or a strike. Um, and they, could, they, they, they had to make sure it was just right in every single ballpark in the Atlantic League. So the delays lasted until now. Um, so the second half of the Atlantic League season, they think they've got it going. So it'll be interesting to see if they do or if they have any technological setbacks or not. But I think if, 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 you know, if it works in the Atlantic League, I think we'll see a move into some minor leagues. And if it works there, it's the old story. If, if it ever is going to be in the majors, they're going to have to test and test and test. It's going to have to you know, get to the point where it's like 99.9% accurate, if not 100%. But um, it seems like the technology is there. Baseball is putting a lot of time effort and money into this experiment in the Atlantic League. So I do think, you know, whether we like it or not, and I'm one that hates to see so much human uh, humanity removed from the game at the expense of technology, but I do think in the next three, four, five years, maybe three years is too soon, but I'd say four or five years out, I would not be surprised if we see it in the major leagues. You've used the word strike a couple of times here. Please tell me we're not going to have one. You know, I'm not going to be pessimistic about that whole thing. I mean, you guys know, I mean, I'm no economist, and I'm no certainly no business guy, <laughs> but you guys know as well as anybody else, is, and it's certainly, it's all about the money, right? And I just don't see baseball, even though attendance has slipped the last couple of years, it's still record revenues. I mean, this is an industry taking in more than 12 billion dollars a year i just don't see how the owners and players end up shutting that down when it's right now it's a cash cow i mean how do you you know go back to where you were in 94 95 when when every franchise other than tampa bay and oakland is is very healthy all these new ballparks are are up and running and and the money's flowing in so i i just think they're going to get something done Scott Miller, you're always great. Thanks so much for the time. We do appreciate it. We advise everybody to follow you on Twitter, Scott Miller, BBL Baseball, and hopefully we'll be able to talk again soon. I look forward to it, guys. Always a pleasure uh, speaking with you. Take care. Enjoy the Cardinals and your summer until we speak again. Thank you, sir. That is Scott Miller. He's great. We love having him here on 101 ESPN. Next up. People are getting ready to storm Area 51, and we want to know if you believe in aliens. You think they're real? Send us a mic drop with the 101 ESPN app. You are next on 101 ESPN.
goddamn aliens. See, Matthew gets it. I mean, it's a good theory. Yeah. It's a good theory. <laughs> Saw him at the Festus Walmart. <laughs> that sounds right. Love you, Festus. Oh, yeah. It's a very good mic drop, by the way. It you is. You guys should be utilizing it like he does. Yeah. There's no doubt in my mind that we have people from other worlds that are living here. Living here. Probably some of them famous. Probably, yeah, I would think so. So I, I know all those people want to go see them aliens at Area 51. Mm-hmm. You're probably interacting with them on a daily basis. I would think so. Yeah, you definitely are. I mean, this is happening. They're among us. It is what it is. We're, we're dealing with it just fine. I still don't think that storming Area 51 is going to be in people's best interest. Probably not. Probably not. We want to know what you think with the mic drop feature on the 101 ESPN app. Let's hear from Matt. Yes, I believe in aliens, and here's why. In the Milky Way galaxy alone, there are roughly 100 billion planets. In the time frame of just 12 days, NASA used the Hubble Space Telescope on just a little small patch of space and found 10,000 galaxies. I have to believe that somewhere in all of that space, there is a heavy-hitting, good defensive third baseman that the Cardinals could trade for. <laughs> Can't disagree with that. Science, but then puts it into practical practice right there. Like at Somewhere. Some, at some place, somehow, some way, in a galaxy far, far away, there's a power-hitting third baseman. <laughs> I like that. I don't know if those numbers that he gave out were real or whatever, but they sounded awesome. It's, he's got to be right, though. There's yeah. got to be someone somewhere. You think? Do you think that there's a, there's a form of baseball on some other? Like, or, do you believe in the fact that there are parallel universes going on? Do you think like do you think that you and I are having this conversation somewhere? somewhere else? I don't know, right but now? I'm I'm wondering if there are any posting rules or anything. Like, if we're trying to sign a person from another planet. Oh, there's going to be some international signing money here. Galactic. Yeah, intergalactic signing (laughs) bonus. Let's get to Justin, who's next. There are absolutely aliens, and who's to say that they're not good at baseball? I mean, maybe we put an alien in at the leadoff spot. Who knows? I I know we didn't ask for this. I'm glad it's gone this direction. (laughs) And it's both been the same guy. Look what happened to the Blues. Are you absolutely convinced that Jordan Bennington is from this world? Not at all, actually. I'm I'm less convinced he's from around here than he is up there. Because that dude's full-on alien. How do you get those skinny legs and be that good at uh, goaltending, you know? Uh, He moves like a spider. He's got bird legs. He is anything but beefy, and beefy is our next mic dropper. Fast lane, it's beefy, and I believe aliens exist in some realm or whatever. Mama Beef probably believes I'm an alien with all the dumb stuff that I've done and I'm still alive to uh, tell the tales. But I also believe that aliens don't want to show themselves because we as human beings have found new ways to pretty much harm and degrade our own society in any way, shape, and form. Why would they want to associate with us if we can't even be nice to ourselves? Great question. That is a great question. A great... Deep philosophical question that I hadn't really... That was. Beefy also sent us a text message earlier saying, uh, because I asked, how do we know that aliens are smarter than us? And he said, because they probably don't eat Tide Pods. (laughs) Was was also a very deep thought. Yeah. I'm I'm completely on board with that thought. But again, do we know Tide Pods don't taste good? Somebody must. We can just assume that they don't, right? Just assume, Mm -hmm. yeah. Here is Jeff. We are the aliens, man. The aliens put us here. We are the aliens. 
Bro. <laughs> hey, bro. <laughs> that just blew my mind. I wasn't even thinking about that. We might be. Do you think? Do you think that basically we're just puppets? Well, yeah. We built the pyramids. The uh, and and we're the aliens. That's who built the pyramids in Egypt. So then, if we're the aliens, who are the inhabitants? We don't know. Mm. It was probably just animals. Wow. What else is out there? That they say that the aliens built is Stonehenge one of them. Yeah. Uh, yeah, maybe. Yeah, how how could they how, do yeah. it? How do we explain all the crop circles? How do we explain that? Great Wall of China is a pretty substantial piece of work that people or aliens. I mean, it's huge. You together. can see it yeah. from space. Yeah. There's a texter from the Hot Shots text line that says, uh, "I deliver for Amazon in Festus, and I can confirm that Mike Dropper is telling the truth." <laughs> Seen him at the Walmart. Yeah, I think they're all just milling around the Walmart, Here's stealing the carts. Brian, who's next on 101 ESPN? Oh, this talk about aliens is very silly. There are no aliens. Get over it. Oh, yeah. Was that Total, Bob Costas? No, it was a straight up. Yeah. Damn. That was a straight up alien cover up is what that was. That's exactly what it sounded like. I need sugar. Yeah. <laughs> Water. Or sugar. <laughs> My brand new Earl suit. <laughs> <laughs> so, Green uh, sugar. I, I do hope that uh, when the aliens show themselves, they do bring along their technology. We did get a tweet a little bit earlier here. Uh, this one from the 573 said, I definitely believe in aliens. I'm hoping that they will someday bring technology to Earth so that Brad stops blowing trannies. Um, if you weren't, uh, weren't with us last week, I blew my transmission out and... Uh, had to get a new vehicle, mm-hmm. um, and I, I would have loved to not have that. So they bring some of their automotive expertise. Maybe they had they bring the flying cars with that them. That would be great. Oh, that would be I don't great. know, man. What do you think the gas mileage would be in that? Or is they they fly on plutonium or something? Like what do those things fly on? I don't know, but how does flying car road rage work? Probably just, safer, just, honestly. Yeah. You just go over somebody or under. Yeah, I mean you can't you can't pull over and get in a fight. And if you're tired of the traffic, then you'll just be able to go and drive on the roads. By the way, it was a brand new Edgar suit. That's my fault. Edgar. Thank you for the text answer from right. the 314 Edgar suit. We do appreciate your mic drops, too. That was fun on sure. 101 ESPN. Hey, uh, this is something that is right up our alley here in the fast lane. What? A serial pooper, another story about that. It's awesome. Is on the loose in Michigan. We've got the details next before take it or leave it on 101 ESPN.